You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. It's Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer in for Dan Grasso, 1-800-919-3776. The bottom of the hour, Rich Samini will join us. At 8.30, Frank Isola will stop by, Gordon. We'll talk some hoops because mm-hmm. we can't just talk to you. We have to, we'll, our heads will a, explode. need a palate cleanser, please. Yeah, our heads right. will explode. We continue. Yeah. So Frank Isola will join us. We'll talk a little Nets and Knicks. We'll talk about the uh, tournament, you know, the uh, NBA Cup. Talk about mm-hmm. that. So, semifinals are tonight, as a matter of fact. Uh, so we'll talk. So we'll lots of things to do before nine o'clock, and then Ty Butler takes over here on ninety-eight-seven ESPN. Go ahead and we go back to the phones. Let's do it. All right, let's talk to Artie in Brooklyn. What's up, Artie? Hey guys, how's everything going? All right, so I was there yesterday, and it was evident that Boyle out of the three was the, worst. the worst. Yep, absolutely. and you want was the worst out of the three. Now I know you, you, it was slim pickings, but. If you need to win the game, right, and that's his choice, that's a, that was a horrible choice. I understand that you already benched. You had to bench Wilson, but why couldn't you? So many I, – I remember seeing Washington. They were going back and forth with Kilmer and the other guy, whatever it was, like back and forth. Why Jurgensen. couldn't they bring Wilson back? Well, let me, let, here's the thing, too. Not only was Wilson, you, you, you picked him number two for a reason, but he beat the Philadelphia Eagles, the Buffalo Bills, and the Denver Broncos this year. Yes or no? Yes. Well, he was the quarterback, yeah. I, I didn't say that. Yeah, right. So if you're going to pick somebody to have out of those three, if Simeon, Simeon looked good, I mean, he looked like, uh, other than the freaking fumble sack, I really thought they were going to score the touchdown. He didn't look that bad, but without because he can't run right out of the pocket with the depleted offensive line, you wouldn't think you'd go back to Zach in that game. And what would and what's so bad about getting him to start now? I I, I really don't understand that. Well, remember, Artie, under the stipulation the, he was, he was the emergency quarterback. So if right, once you I got once you pulled part, once you pulled him out. Then Simeon right. would have had to be hurt for you to bring right. him in. That's number one. But number I, two, I remember he was number he was the number third he was third string. Yeah. So you're telling me you but he were, shouldn't have been. Well, but he was. He shouldn't have been. Okay, but he well, was. I well, said that, he was. That, that might be true. We can all agree that Boyle is the worst of the three. I think yes. we can right. all agree. Here's on Here's the other thing, too. You're coming into the season. You have Rogers, right? Yep. And then you have you need a backup quarterback. Yes. You White was the guy, but economically. You're still paying your number two guy that won games for you the year before, right? I I know you could say White. You think White was better? Did you think what White was a hundred times better than Wilson? No way, no way. I think we all knew that Wilson couldn't play. I I don't know. I don't know if Mike White can play, play, but we all know Wilson can't play. They, they beat the, the right. Yeah, I mean, so big, big wolf. I mean, they beat the no, Eagles, they, right? But it wasn't because play. of Zach Wilson. He can't play. We we watched him here for three years. I don't know what. I don't know how clearer we need to make it. The team who employs him is pulling him every every chance they get. They're benching him. Go read a book. Last year, we we knew that Zach Wilson can't play. As as as, as definitive as it's clear, Tim Boyle is the worst of the three. No question. Zach Wilson can't play. 
Not Thank here. You. Not with the. Maybe he goes someplace else in three years. I don't think so. Even that. But all right, I'll leave that open. At least I'll leave that as a possibility. Mm-hmm. It's not zero point zero percent here. Right. Can't work. Can't work. Hasn't worked. Can't Hasn't work. worked. Why is and it now going to work? And once again, nobody's saying he's the only reason why the team is no, losing. No, of course not. Nobody's saying that. No, of course not. There's a lot of other things wrong with this team. Everything's Lots. wrong. Lots of other things wrong with Absolutely. this team. Absolutely. Okay, it's not just him. No, but he's but, part of it. But unfortunately, there's more expected on him because of where he was picked in the draft. So we expect more. And that's why we go around and we say, Gordon, you brought in another quarterback because this kid couldn't play. You knew that there was a possibility quarterbacks get hurt in the NFL every single year. You needed a better backup. Absolutely. Wilson could have been Wilson could have still been here and still could have been taught by Rodgers and the other backup quarterback. Right. You know what another another part of this that's not getting enough attention? When Rodgers goes down, you take a couple of weeks to survey the landscape and you go out and get a guy in Simeon who can't move when you know your offensive line is terrible. Yep. Like, how is that the move? Now, I think that Simeon, I I would give him a full game to see what I got. I I have to. I'm I'm wasting time anyway. I I don't think he's going to be good, but I I know I've already discarded the other two. Let me me see what I got here. Mm -hmm. But why would you go get a guy who apparently can't move at all when you know the situation with your offensive line is as bad as it is. Yeah. I, it, this is it's so much on Joe Douglas, and it's still like he is he's Teflon. It's like you, nothing sticks to this guy. Yeah. But this quarterback, you could Larry, you couldn't draw up a worse quarterback room if you tried. If you were at, if you were a mole working within the organization and you were trying to destroy it from within. Uh, we're going to go with Zach Wilson, Tim Boyle, and, and, and we'll find Trevor Simeon. I mean, it's unbelievable. What are we doing? What are we doing? I mean, the mole couldn't get you to do that. No. You would say, wait a minute, something's wait not. A Why something's doing not. This? Well, Gordon's running the Jets. What, what's going on here? You Joe, now go, go, Joe, uh, go get Trevor Simeon now, too. Oh my God! And Joe, once again, you know what? Try try Zach Wilson again this week. <laughs> and once again, here's what Gordon and I will acknowledge: Week four or five of the season, anybody you get not gonna be good. No, because no. Who, the good people are gone. Absolutely. That's why you do it in the preseason, in the right. off season. But the people you brought in can't score a touchdown. Can't score a touchdown. It's unbelievable. It's really bad. I mean, that, that really you can have bad. a bad team and still be able to score a touchdown or two. Yeah, you should be able to. Like, we Even could go the through loss. the rest, the other 31 teams. If they were down to their third-string quarterback, would they be able to score a touchdown? I think so. Huh. Maybe not Maybe not more than one. No, okay, at least fine. One. You're going to be bad. Anybody playing with their third-string yeah. quarterback? You're going to be bad. You're going to be bad. And but you're this, ba- and. And back up, back up to the backup offensive line, you're going to be bad. Oh, my you're God. You're going to be bad. But you're not competitive, and that's a totally different story. It's a totally different story. I mean, story. when the Falcons scored yesterday, it was like, all right, that's, that's that one over. It's done. And there was a clip of, of Rodgers and Zach Wilson on the side. I don't know when it was. I just saw it today. But it was like they were looking at each other like, this is done. Yeah. We're not, we're not going to win. We're not going to win. 
C is in Jersey. What's up, C? What's going on, man? Listen, I want to speak about your car analogy. That car mm-hmm. mechanic, that was perfect. Oh, but you I like that, like C? Took, yeah, I loved it. But we got three cars taking them to the same mechanic and Nathaniel Hackett. I think he's the problem, besides Joe Douglas. Well, you, you might, well, listen, he, see, you're not wrong. Right? Yeah, no, I mean. You're not wrong. Not wrong. Thanks for the phone call. You're not wrong. I mean, because he hasn't found, he hasn't found a way to whatever they, I'm sure if there's something they do well, he hasn't been able to find something they do well yesterday. Now, I will say this. There was, a, we did see a, a, a flea flicker yesterday, Gordon. Mm-hmm. We did we did see an attempt at some different things. Okay, we did, we did see it. We did see it. And ultimately, the reason, as Robert Salas said in his postgame, the reason that Boyle was pulled wasn't, not that he would say it was play calling, but it was Wilson was open on a couple of occasions right. and he didn't yep. throw the football. Yep. Okay, so now that's, that's a separate, that's not a Hackett thing. Once right. again, that's a quarterback. How, how is that not like the first guy you're looking for? Yeah, I know. I'm going to look for Garrett Wilson. All right, if he's covered, I still might throw him the football just because he's Garrett Wilson. I can get a penalty on him. Right. Even if he gets intercepted, at least I'm going down swinging. Yeah. Like, who are you looking off Garrett Wilson for? Yeah, I know. Tight end. He's the number two receiver on the team, you know. Tight end. And and I know people say that people have short memories. People like Artie, oh, Zach Wilson – I realize people have short memory. I didn't think it was like three weeks short. Like, oh, well, let's go back to Zach Wilson. No, he stinks too. Yeah. He will stink too. But they're going to go back to him. If Simeon doesn't do well, they're going to go back to him. Well, now they have to go back to him. Yeah, they right? have Like to. now they have to because there's stories out there that he said he didn't want to play. So now if they don't go back to him, that's what everybody's going to assume. Oh, well, Zach Wilson didn't want to play. So for his own reputation, and it's pretty clear what happened. Zach didn't want to play. And then I'm thinking somebody, Aaron, the shadow GM got in his ear and like, you know, this doesn't look too good for you. And, and he's that, like, all right. And it's, that like, is, it's like in yeah. Major League where they call up Lou Brown to see if he wants to manage the Indians. <laughs> 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 hey, Lou, how'd you feel about managing? I don't know. That was them asking, that was them asking uh, Zach Wilson if he wants to be the starting quarterback. I don't know. And why not? Why uh, wouldn't you want to go out there and play? Why wouldn't you want to go? Gordon, as a competitor, why wouldn't you want to go out there and show, you know what, I can still do this. You guys, let me show you what I can do. For your next job or for next season, for whatever, for for, for you, for you Mm. as a competitor, why would you not, if, once again, if what we believe the story is true, why would you not want to go out there and show people and prove people wrong? I'm not sure. Uh, because you, you just feel like it's an unwinnable situation and you're looking, yeah. you got one foot out the door. You, you're, you're reading the writing on the wall and you're saying, yeah. you know what, I gotta, I'm getting out of here after this year anyway and I'm going to go someplace else and I don't want to be injured when I get there because it's going to make it more difficult for me to find that next opportunity. No question about it. You might be right. We'll continue the conversation next on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. From the Bronx, via Buddha, mm-hmm. transfer quarterbacks who have all played at least five college seasons and Ohio State receiver Marvin Harrison Jr. were announced as the Heisman Trophy finalists about 15 minutes ago. All so right. they are finalists for the Heisman. All right. For the Heisman. So 
I know college football is on a lot of folks' mind after that uh, Final Four came out. Woo! Folks are Yeah, heated. What, what a disaster heated. that was, huh? Heated. Of course, a playoff solves all this. What, what's the difference right. between this and them solving it in the back room like they used to? I love how people are justifying the decision made. Well, this makes for the best games. Well, that's not the goal. That's not what the purpose of it is. It's supposed to be who had the be- who's got the best resume. Injuries mm-hmm. don't go like if the Chiefs get into the playoff or going to go into the playoffs and and um, and the quarterback gets hurt. Right, Mahomes. Yeah, if Patrick Mahomes gets hurt, they're not going to say, "Well, you know what, the Chiefs they they don't make it this year because their quarterback's hurt." Yeah, they have the right amount of wins, but they don't make it this year because Mahomes is out. It won't make for a very interesting game. No, yeah. if they're thirteen and three, mm-hmm. and there's a team that's twelve and four, the it team that's thirteen and three will go. Yep. Not to start any trouble, Gordon. Right. That's not my style. But I'm just saying. Wouldn't you be a little concerned as to why Michigan is in with all the, you know, the cloud around what they did and how they did things and whatnot. I mean, wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't you be concerned about that? Or is that why you no, put them well, in? I, I guess they can only do so much. I mean, Michigan was clearly, and that, that's the ridiculousness of it. They have all these rankings all year and they unveil mm-hmm. them all year. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So no, well, you, you finished undefeated, uh, but it won't make for as good a game because right. the guy's hurt now. So we'll go with Alabama. We'll go with Alabama. And, and this way, we can fix Michigan because they'll beat Michigan for us and everybody will be happy. Right. <laughs> I, oh, I'll be so – I've never rooted for Michigan before. I'll be on that Michigan band. I'll be having my khakis out. I'll be ready to go. Oh, <laughs> uh, But but Buddha won't be because Buddha wants him to be head coach of the Jets. So this way, if, he's, if, if, if he a leaves – a chance of Buddha being the head coach of the Jets. <laughs> you think that guy's coming back into the NFL and taking over the Jets? Not with all that money they got there. Oh, I don't think so either. No, I don't think so. 1-800-919-3776. Uh, Lee's in Jersey. What's up, Lee? What's going on? Um, I just had a comment about the whole Zach Wilson. I agree with you guys. He's definitely an issue. Um, but I, I don't think the conversation is loud enough when it comes to, like, Joe Douglas, especially Nathaniel Hackett. And I agree with the other caller, not that he's not a good leader, but I think Robert Sala did cave to the media. I think he knew that the other quarterbacks weren't um, better options than Zach. But the fact that the noise in, uh, around Zach Wilson and the fact that he hasn't been playing good got so loud that he just kind of caved and put those other guys in. When in reality, he should have just stuck with Zach Wilson. Like, he really gives them the best option. But that that's just my opinion. I feel like the conversation needs to be a little bit more louder, especially around Hackett, because he's not doing a good job, and as well as Joe Douglas, because he's made good moves on a defensive end, but that offense looks like it was horrible. You're right, that, Lee. Thanks for the phone call. We agree it's not just Jack, Zach Wilson. But let me, no. let me just spin this theory for you for a second, folks. Okay, let's go back to last season. Gordon, the first time that they, that Salah wanted to bench Zach Wilson, he had to have a meeting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he had to have a meeting to make that move. So if that was the case then, and once again, it was a meeting. They held the press conference. He was an hour late for his K. His case show duties that that week. So why would I not think that it wasn't just him that made the decision that Wilson wasn't coming back at that time? They were going to make the move to Tim Boyle. Why would I not think that? I don't think it's just him. No, it's clearly not him. And I don't think that he has the, the majority vote either. He might have a vote, 
but mm-hmm. it ain't the majority vote. Yeah. I don't think so either. I really don't. Uh, Roz is in the car. What's up, Roz? Hey, what's going on, guys? Okay. I just wanted to uh, I wanted to make a point on how actually, today I'm hearing more, um, you know, more comments against Joe Douglas. But for the most part, everybody was seeming to blame Robert Sala. And I wanted to say how he's actually a good head coach based off what he's been given. Like, if you look at the team, you get, Joe Douglas gave him good defensive players. He gave us a top three defense. He gave him decent offensive weapons. He turned one of them into an offensive rookie of the year. The other one's a great running back. You give him these quarterbacks, you could put Bill Belichick in his prime. Look at Bill Belichick without a quarterback. He looks like dirt. Like, if, if you were to see him play for the first, you would think he's the worst coach in the NFL ever. You, you, would, you wouldn't know the difference. So, <laughs> to, to say that Joe Douglas may be safe, and this is Robert Todd, it's like asinine to me to just like, to, I just don't understand that, that train of thought. How people could just ignore, like the fact that Robert Sala coaches the defense, he coaches the players he has, but Joe Douglas somehow missing on the second overall pick, being an offensive line guy, having the O line be trash for three, four years, all this could be absolved because he has a couple good players on defense, but Robert Sala is going to get fired. Like you understand what I'm saying? Like, there's some sort of a, dif- a discrepancy when it comes to the way they're viewed, and I just don't understand it. But I'll give you guys credit. I hear you guys talking a lot about Joe Douglas, you know, should be taking the heat. Our last call just said it too. The the, the noise, uh, noise needs to get louder. So, you know, I'm just that, – that, that's basically what I was trying to uh, get at. Right, Ross, we got you. Thanks for the phone call. Uh, listen, Robert Sala is not without fault. No. There's no question about it. Of course. Not without fault. But when you look at the multiple missed opportunities that they had to fix this roster – in the offseason, Gordon, especially at the quarterback position. And then, you know, they did some things to the offensive line, granted. But when you brought in Aaron Rodgers, Gordon, and you were selling out, you had to sell out for that offensive line. And, yeah, they've got – listen, they had injuries. I got it. The backups, there's, whole, there's not a whole lot of great backups in the league. I understand it. But there were questions about the offensive line starters before the season started. And that's what should have been. They should have done a better job on this. No question about they it. They went in. The people will point out the injuries to the offensive line. They went into the season with Dwayne Brown and Mackay Becton as their starting tackles. One guy's 38. The other guy, I think, played one game the previous two years. So, uh, no, I, I, look, it has to be on Joe Douglas. Uh, the, the quarterback decision, why you find yourself in the spot that Aaron Rodgers was even here was because Joe Douglas blew the second pick in the draft. The offensive line, which is as comically bad and was not – it has never been a strength. It's never been good. In his entire time here, there's never been a time where you're like, boy, the Jets' offensive line has really turned the corner. The quarterback stuff, outside of one draft and, and a trade of Jamal Adams, and this is – we're going – next year is going to be year six. So I would say either – and I think that what they'll end up doing is keeping everybody – or you have to either keep everybody or get rid of everybody. Like, yeah, there should not be any middle ground to me. That's going to be interesting because that's something that they tried before and they really kind of don't want to do that anymore, Gordon. They really want to kind of not but mismatch. But do you want to – let's say you get rid of the head coach. Okay, I, I, you can make the argument, right? Okay, you make the, do you get rid of the head coach? Who are you going to get to be the head coach? Who's yeah. coming into this situation after this year and – there's a very good chance if it doesn't connect next year where you're getting a deep playoff run, you're going to fire everybody anyway. Yeah. 
That's year six of Joe Douglas. You're going to give him an extension? Who does he think he is? Brian Cashman? Come on, get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll ask those questions and we'll get an update on what's going on today with Rich Samini. We'll join him live from Jets Camp next on 98.7 ESPN. He looks like dirt. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. Larry Hardesty, Gordon Damon for Dan Grasser on the Grasser Show. 1-800-919-3776. For those of you on hold, hang with us. We head now to One Jets Drive. That's where our Rich Samini is hanging out. He'll give us an update on what's going on today. Rich, Larry, and Gordon, how are you? Hey, guys. Good to be with you. A little earlier than usual this week. Yeah, but, uh, that, huh? I guess, I guess there's stuff to talk about. So, Rich, is this part of your book going to be called The Never-Ending Story? <laughs> well, the quarterback, yeah, I mean, uh, it's like uh, musical chairs with quarterbacks. Um the music stops every so often and, you know, someone is left out and uh, we'll see what happens. The person who got left out a couple of weeks ago, I think might be back in. And uh, well, it's, just, it's only been going on for, I don't know, 20 or 30 years like this. So it's you know, pretty, pretty much par for the course. Rich, doesn't it almost with the report today that Zach Wilson was reluctant to, to go back in there? Doesn't it almost have to be Zach Wilson now that gets the start next week against Houston? Yeah, I think it'll be Zach Wilson on uh, on Sunday at home. Uh, <laughs> maybe uh, by default, a uh, process of elimination. I mean, he certainly can't go back to Tim Boyle. Tim Boyle got benched. You know, he played poorly. Trevor Simeon came in, predictably played really poorly. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, I didn't – when they benched Wilson, I mean, I remember we were probably talking like two weeks ago, you know, is this the end of Zach Wilson? And I said, well, it's the Jets. So there's never really an end to this stuff. It just sort of comes around again. And, um, yeah, so I think Zach Wilson will be in there, you know, despite the report today by The Athletic that said he's reluctant to play. Um, I think had it not been for the report today, Salah probably would have named Wilson today, but I think he wants to let things settle down for a couple of days and maybe maybe take the temperature of the locker room just to see where, where people are thinking. But I, I would be surprised if it's not Zach Wilson on Wednesday. Uh, Rich, was do you think there was any chance, following the logic that we just saw with them and Tim Boyle, that perhaps, okay, if we give Simeon a week with the – ones and see what he can do because Rich, he, he even completed the pass when he got in there. Um, and because the bar is so low for jet quarterbacks right now, uh, with a full week of practice with the ones, do you think there was an opportunity for him? If this hadn't come up today to possibly get the start against Houston at home? Yeah, I would say that Simeon would be like the second choice. If, gotcha. if he decides not to go with Wilson, uh, I think he's seen enough of Tim Boyle. You know, and I, quite honestly, I don't know what they expected. I mean, the guy's been, you know, a, a journeyman basically hanging on the periphery of NFL teams for a few years. And we all know about his college career was nothing to write home about. So I, I don't know what the Jets expected by starting him. Uh, just looking to catch lightning in a bottle, I guess. And um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I guess Simeon with a week of practice would be better. I mean, he was thrown into a tough spot yesterday. As soon as he came in, the Falcons, who basically hadn't blitzed at all all day, all of a sudden started blitzing Trevor Simeon. 
and you saw what happened. Three sacks, you know, three fumbles, one of which he lost, and it was just an ugly situation at the end. But, I, yeah, I would say he'd probably be the second choice, but I, I kind of I think that they're going to go with Wilson unless Salah feels like it just doesn't feel right. But he said on our conference call a, a few hours ago, and Wilson came into his office today around three o'clock and said, look, you know, I, I, I want to start. I want the ball. I'm your guy. So I guess he wants to play despite what the report said, but uh, we'll see. Rich, what's the sense in the locker room of the, mainly the offensive players? Is it resignation? Is it, I mean, what, what, what do these guys uh, look like when they come in after these games week in and week out, they don't score any touchdowns. Yeah, you know, that's a really interesting question, Gordon, because actually uh, Brian and Costello and I, you know, of course, the beat writer from the Post, we were talking about that very topic as we were walking out of the locker room yesterday. We've both been around long enough to know that you, you these things are sort of predictable. Like when, when this stuff starts happening, it's like the different stages of, of grief. You know, first there's the denial stage. Then after that, the players get angry, and then there then there's just resignation. And I think the Jets are in the resignation stage right now. Um, I didn't sense any anger. Um, I just sensed resignation, really. I mean, they know their their lot in life has been, you know, set in stone when when Rodgers got hurt. You know, they knew this was going to be a bumpy ride. I don't think they thought it would be this bumpy. Like we like you can't even score a touchdown, but they kind of are realizing that there's no hope left in this season at four and eight, and they're going to do their best to try to play out the string and see if they can find the end zone along the way. Rich, can, can this game, hopefully, even though I know they're mathematically still alive for a playoff spot, does this game Sunday kind of rest and put to rest the idea that uh, Aaron Rodgers is going to play anymore this year? Yeah, I think so. I think it was a long shot to begin with. And, you know, had they pulled off a miracle and won, you know, against Atlanta and then beat Houston and suddenly they're six and seven, you know, with the Miami game, then, you know, maybe he tries, you know, but uh, as he told us last week in that that beat writer sit down that he said he'd be less than 100 percent if he did come back. And he said he really wouldn't make much sense to do that unless they were playing games that had playoff ramifications and obviously that's not going to happen so I think the Rodgers decision has basically resolved itself you know I I I expect him to probably announce I don't know whether he'll wait a week or so maybe he'll announce it tomorrow on McAfee but I I do not believe and nor did I ever really think it was realistic that he would play I think you know kudos to him for getting back this far and I think by looking at him in practice last week you can see he's not quite up to being a functional NFL quarterback, but he's going to practice this week. And I think he's going to try to ramp it up and see how, how close he can get. But in the end, it makes no sense to play him. Rich, we hear from Aaron Rodgers every week. We hear from uh, Robert Sala multiple times a week. I I know that the GM generally doesn't speak until after the season is over. Is there any uh, feeling that we're going to hear from Joe Douglas while this, this slide is going on at all? Uh, Nope. Uh, you know, the GM, you know, there are very specific rules. The NFL requires the GMs to talk, you know, a few times per year, you know, and it's usually 
at the start of the season and then mid season and then at the end of the season. And then, you know, there's also always the uh, few times of the off season with the various uh, events like the combine and the draft, but you know, and he's, I doubt he's going to, you know, break with protocol and speak more than he has to. So it's unfortunate, you know, that Salah gets put in front of the cameras every day. He has to answer for a lot for these issues, you know, um, part of the head coach's job is to you know face the music three times a week and then again on Sunday so it's part of the gig but the way the rules are written the GMs don't don't have to do it and uh, and they rarely do that's Rich Samini talking about the Jets situation is hard to stay in Damon for Grasso on 98.7 ESPN Rich from, from your reporting and from your eyes is this is is Hackett this bad or is the quarterbacking this bad that he can't come up with something that they could at least put a drive or two together? What he can't be this bad as a, a play caller, Rich. He just can't be. <laughs> well I, I could I could just feel the the, the anguish in that in your voice uh, as oh, uh, as you were asking. That I don't question. know how you do it. <laughs> Well, I think I tweet every week at some point during the game that my eyes hurt, you know, from watching this offense. But uh, I was just looking up some of the numbers today. I mean, I think it's uh, two drives, two touchdowns in their last 50-something drives. It's four touchdowns in their last 80-something drives. I mean, these are these are numbers that, you know, we see in the NFL like maybe once every any every generation, maybe tw- every 20 years or so. It's just, uh, it's really unfathomable. And look, he lost his quarterback on the fourth play. Yeah, we get it. Backup quarterbacks rarely are successful in the NFL over the long term. There's only one, and in fact, I I researched this last week, there's only one backup quarterback this year in the NFL. Well, actually two if you count uh, the famous Tommy DeVito. Only two who have winning records as starters this year. You know, one is DeVito, who's two and one, and the other is Gardner Minshew in Indianapolis. And the rest of the backup quarterbacks are are playing at about a 350 win percentage. So it's it's not good when you play with backups. That said, there's no excuse to not score touchdowns in in a league that is designed for offense. The Jets are defying the norms by failing to sometimes even get in the red zone during games or cross midfield into the fourth quarter. So, yes, Hackett bears a lot of responsibility. I actually thought he called a decent game yesterday. You know, they had some open receivers downfield. I think Boyle, for whatever reason, didn't see him or didn't try to get them the ball. But I actually thought it was one of Hackett's better games. Now, he's had some abysmal games, and there's really no reason. You know, like they've scored 45 points during this five-game losing streak, and that's just crazy bad, and the offensive coordinator has to be held accountable for that. Rich, I saw that, uh, I think it was yesterday, you were tweeting out the odds of the Jets landing a top-five pick, a top-ten pick. Uh, if it goes the way it looks right now, that they don't win another game the rest of the year, how much of a change do you think that they would be within the organization? Well, Gordon, if they go 4-13 and and run the table here, I, I think it'll be a complete change. I mean, I I have a hard time believing that Woody Johnson would would keep everyone, bring the gang back again if the team ends the season on, what would it be at that point, like a 10-game losing streak? streak. Yeah, I mean, that's just, coaches don't survive that in the NFL. 
you know, uh, GMs don't survive that in the NFL. That's just the nature of the beast. And so, no, I mean, they won't be back if that happens. I mean, uh, could you just imagine five more weeks of this going on? I mean, it's, uh, hey, look, if they win a couple, you know, I think there's no reason why they shouldn't be able to win a couple of more games. I mean, they play some bad teams. They play Washington. They play New England. Uh, you know, Cleveland's got a great defense, but, you know, offensively, you know, they're struggling like the Jets. So, um, you know, there's no reason why the Jets shouldn't come out of this with at least six wins. And if, if they get to six, I think I think they'll be okay to come back next year, largely because of the Rodgers factor, because he's connected to all these people, especially Hackett. And so, I think, you know, he's still going to come back next year unless all right, well, Rich, I'm just curious. Uh, you mentioned, the, as Gordon likes to call them, the shadow GM. Uh, what is that situation going to be like? Let's have a little hypothetical thing here. Let's say that they decide to move on from the head coach and they want to because they don't, because they don't want to do what they've done in the past, right, Rich? They want to try to make the GM and the head coach and everybody together. They don't want to have the two-headed monster like, like they used to have where the head coach was ringing – Woody's one line and the general manager was ranking on Woody's other line. That they right, have right. We'll have everybody you yeah. know, on one team. Is there any scenario where they would move on from Salah and then, you know, uh, elevate maybe Obrick and try to run that back a year and give, um, and give uh, Joe Douglas in his sixth year one more chance? Because, I mean, they're not going to extend him. <laughs> I don't think they're going to extend him. And, and would they put no. him in a lame duck situation, Rich? Yeah, these are all great questions, Larry. I, I wish I had the answers to them. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of ways Woody Johnson could go here. I mean, we know he did not hire Robert Sala. You know, he was in England at that particular time. So, um, you know, take that for what it's worth. And, uh, you know, it's it's really hard to say. I mean, it's, uh, you know, do they – I know this. Rodgers is 40 years old. I, I know he wants to play. He said it many, many times. He wants to play next year. If they if they get rid of Hackett, you know, are you going to tell Aaron Rodgers at age 40, sorry, you got to learn a completely new offense? Um, you know, you got to start from scratch and learn a new offense. I, I don't think he'd be up for that. Uh, I don't know. I'm speculating. But one of the reasons why they, he was so attractive to them was because he'd be able to come here and, and run his offense and basically teach it to everyone else and be the orchestrator with, with Hackett at his side. And if you take that away, it kind of diminishes the value of having a guy like Aaron Rodgers. So that's why I think they'd probably lean towards keeping that crew and bringing them back, uh, unless, like I said, the worst-case scenario unfolds. Rich, I, I don't know what to say. <laughs> I don't know what to say. Hang in there. That's all I can say. Hang in there. And yeah, the maybe. Way, uh, no, go ahead. What was that? No, no I, I said maybe we'll see a touchdown this weekend. We, you know, we're going to see a really good quarterback this weekend uh, in yeah. C.J. Stroud, and it's amazing. You know, he's drafted second overall, like uh, some other quarterback we know here in New York, and, and it's mm. amazing when you when you hit on that pick just how much he can uplift an entire franchise. And that's what he's done in Houston. Yep. There's no question about it. And good luck, my friend. I see you're up for the uh, finals for the uh, sportscaster um, reporters, sports reporters award. So good luck with that. 
Well, thank you. That's a, that's a New York State thing. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, appreciate it. Thanks for record. Thanks for mentioning that, Larry. All right, and I can't wait to hear what's on the flight deck this week. <laughs> uh, well, there might be some might be some quarterback chatter on there. I'm sure it will be. Yeah. Thanks, my friend. We'll talk soon. Okay. Uh, all right, guys. Have a good one. Take care. Thanks, Rich. That's Rich Samidi. We'll come back and take your calls next on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. Yeah, the Michael K. Show holiday party returns on Friday, December 8th at your mother's house in Garden oh. City Park, Long Island, with uh, special guest appearances by Wally Zerbiak, Amani Tuma, Rick DiPietro will be there. Increase your chances of winning one of the holiday giveaways by bringing up to three toys for donations. So mark Ooh. your advent calendars and get ready to spread some holiday cheer at the Michael K. Show holiday party Friday, December 8th at your mother's house in Garden City Park, Long Island. It's brought to you by Momentum Solar, the New York Islanders, Jake's 58 Casino Hotel, Yingling Traditional Lager and Flight by Yingling, the perfect beers for the holiday season, Security Dodge, visit securitydodge.com and come get some selection and benefiting the Garden of Dreams Foundation. Nice, nice, nice. We'll take your phone calls, 1-800-919-3776. Also, I'm just curious for Jet fans. So, Samini gave us an interesting scenario, Gordon. He said, if it's 4-13, and 13, everybody's out, okay? But if it's, what if it's 6-11? and 11? So, here's my hypothetical, Gordon, and this is just a hypothetical. I'm not trying to push anybody out of work. Let's make that clear, okay? What if somebody has to pay for this season? They move Salah, right? Mm-hmm. They elevate Obrick to mm-hmm. be the head coach. Sure. They elevate one of the position coaches defensively to be the defensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. Hackett stays. He appeases Rodgers. So if you're a Jet fan, what are you what are you what are you rooting for right now? Are you rooting for four and thirteen, blow everybody out, get a draft pick, a high draft pick, or and once again, I'm not saying you're rooting for them to lose. I'm just saying after the season's over, what would you feel better about? Let me put it that way. What would you feel better about? What would be the lesser of two evils for you? They go four and thirteen. Everybody gets blown out, or six and tweak 11. it, but basically roll it back. Yeah, exactly. What What do you feel best about? What would make you feel better in a season that's going to go down for the ages? One eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. Gordon, Omar's in Brooklyn. Omar. Good morning, guys. How are you? Good morning. Where are you? What time is it in Brooklyn over there? Is it morning over there? <laughs> I, I, I'm used to it uh, waking in the night, so I call it I good morning. You. But it's a good evening. Okay, go, yes. go ahead. And here it is. Your Miami Dolphins, the great yes. Miami Dolphins, are 9-3, and three, yes, right? they are. AFC East Division, as Larry Hudson, a New York Jets. As no, don't, uh, put those on, don't put those on poor Larry. He's not taking the responsibility for that. Don't give them to me. I don't hear you mentioning Omar's bills. No. Look at the I've been talking about my bills too. They are six and six, and nice they are gunning. For them. They are they are resting right now. Mm. Next week, as Kansas City Chiefs, I have January two friends. Too, looks like. And as two friends of mine, they are Kansas City, the front runners, Patrick Mahomes fan. And mm. today, I was uh, like around one o'clock in the afternoon. I saw a text. He said, "You know, if the Kansas City Chiefs beat the Bills next week." Then they will go 30-4, and four and there will be no problem. But if they lose, then I will say that they have a problem. 
So I said, here, before you said our season is over, and now you are re- we, are, we are resting for one and a half, two weeks. We are getting prepared for Kansas City Chiefs, and you lost last night. So you are worried a little bit. As Who we is? Who's worried? Say, Who is this person that's Kansas worried? City Chiefs are worried. Oh, the Kansas City Chiefs are worried? You know, you don't go to the Buffalo Bills. I'd be worried because now the Chiefs yeah, no, are coming I, off a loss, I, and they want it. They, they're going to need a. Okay, they, they, okay. Chiefs don't lose two in a row. Nope. Uh, okay, go to, go, as Gordon Damer always said, to think big, right? So mm. this week, I? I am still, I am thinking big. The, mm. Tomorrow, the in-season season starts tonight. So tomorrow, my Milwaukee Bucks, uh, my Knicks against Milwaukee Bucks, right? Mm. So I'm thinking big. I'm thinking for the next week and up to next Sunday, a little, little small hopes. I started to think big. I said, if... If the Knicks goes to the in-tournament final on Saturday night and we win, and then Sunday the Bills wins against Cassidy, that's the, the small hopes. I am just week by week, day by day, I want my small hopes to get up. Tomorrow, starting tomorrow, Knicks beat Milwaukee Bucks. Then yeah. Knicks make, beat uh, Boston no. Celtics uh, on Thursday. Right. Then what the Knicks go, go to the championship yep. and beat. And then build. That uh-huh. is the whole week sure. that I'm gunning for. I'm just thinking big mm-hmm. for one week. Can I think big a little bit, please? Well, you can think big for a little bit. After the Knicks lose to the Bucks and the, the Bills lose to the Chiefs, we're not going to hear from Omar for about three months, Larry. We're not. We're, he's going to be. He's, he's going to be he underground. He just cursed the Knicks too. You know what happened? Yeah, oh, it, absolutely. That's what he does. That's what he does. He's going to be in that bunker with the Zach Truthers, the Fire Tips crowd. Omar, you want to think big? Promo code Gordon. Throw some shekels in there. Yeah, help, throw, help, right. help, help Look, Gordon out. Yeah. Help him out. You'll, you'll, be, you'll, you'll have a house next to Bezos if all those things work out right. <laughs> you will. Vinny's uh, on Staten Island. What's up, Vinny? What's up, guys? How you doing? I just hey, want Vinny. to make three points about the Jets. If you don't mind listening. First point is Aaron Rodgers was never coming back. It's impossible to come back from Achilles rupture surgery after three months. That was all nonsense. Second point is Daniel Hackett's got to go. He's been the architect of the two worst offenses in football the last two years, turned Russell Wilson, a Hall of Famer, into a scrub last year. Now we see what Russell Wilson's doing. His offense is outdated, and there's no motion. There's nothing going on. The other team, I go to a lot of games. The other, team, the other teams know the other plays before it starts. And you know what? You never address this offensive line. You went into the season, like you guys said before, two tackles. But Kai Beckton didn't play in two years. Dwayne Brown, who Salah was saying he's going to come back, the guy's still not ready yet. Where's, and, and this whole, you got to get rid of Rodgers and his whole crew. They're all waste. Lazard, Cobb, Turner, Cook, yeah, Hackett, wow. they all got to go. Gosh, you got to start fresh. I hear you, Vinny. Thanks for the phone call. All right. There's a lot to unpack there, Gordon. Yeah. Uh, so, so I tell you what, we'll step away. We'll come back. We'll address Vinny's calls and yours as well on 98.7 ESPN. Can I think big a little bit? 